Section 3 of Enoch Arden by Alfred Lord Tennyson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. She, when the day that Enoch mentioned came, borrowed a glass, but all in vain. Perhaps she could not fix the glass to suit her eye. Perhaps her eye was dim and tremulous. She saw him not, and while he stood on deck waving, the moment and the vessel passed. Even to the last dip of the vanishing sail she watched it, and departed weeping for him. Then, though she mourned his absence as his grave, set her sad will no less to chime with his, but throve not in her trade, not being bred to barter, nor compensating the want by shrewdness, neither capable of lies, nor asking overmuch and taking less, and still foreboding, what would Enoch say? For more than once in days of difficulty and pressure had she sold her wares for less than what she gave in buying what she sold. She failed, and saddened knowing it, and thus expectant of that news which never came, gained for her own a scanty sustenance, and lived a life of silent melancholy. Now the third child was sickly born, and grew yet sicklier, though the mother cared for it with all a mother's care. Nevertheless, whether her business often called her from it, or through the want of what it needed most, or means to pay the voice who best could tell what most it needed, howsoe'er it was, after a lingering, ere she was aware, like the caged bird escaping suddenly, the little innocent soul flitted away. In that same week when Annie buried it, Philip's true heart, which hungered for her peace, since Enoch left he had not looked upon her, smote him as having kept aloof so long. Surely, said Philip, I may see her now, may be some little comfort. Therefore went, passed through the solitary room in front, paused for a moment at an inner door, then struck it thrice, and, no one opening, entered. But Annie, seated with her grief, fresh from the burial of her little one, cared not to look on any human face, but turned her own toward the wall and wept. Then Philip, standing up, said falteringly, Annie, I came to ask a favor of you. He spoke, the passion in her moaned reply, Favor from one so sad and so forlorn as I am, half abashed him, yet, unasked, his bashfulness and tenderness at war, he set himself beside her, saying to her, I came to speak to you of what he wished, Enoch, your husband. I have ever said you chose the best among us, a strong man, for where he fixed his heart he set his hand to do the thing he willed, and bore it through. And wherefore did he go this weary way and leave you lonely? Not to see the world. For pleasure? Nay, but for the wherewithal to give his babes a better bringing up than his had been, or yours. That was his wish. And if he come again, vexed will he be to find the precious morning hours were lost. And it would vex him, even in his grave, if he could know his babes were running wild like colts about the waste. So, Annie, now have we not known each other all our lives? I do beseech you by the love you bear him and his children, not to say me nay, for if you will, when Enoch comes again, why then he shall repay me, if you will, Annie, for I am rich and well-to-do. Now let me put the boy and girl to school. 
this is the favor that i came to ask then annie with her brows against the wall answered i cannot look you in the face i seem so foolish and so broken down when you came in my sorrow broke me down and now i think your kindness breaks me down but enoch lives that is borne in on me he will repay you money can be repaid not kindness such as yours and philip asked then you will let me annie there she turned she rose and fixed her swimming eyes upon him and dwelt a moment on his kindly face then calling down a blessing on his head caught at his hand and wrung it passionately and passed into the little garth beyond so lifted up in spirit he moved away then philip put the boy and girl to school and bought them needful books and every way like one who does his duty by his own made himself theirs and though for annie's sake fearing the lazy gossip of the port he oft denied his heart his dearest wish and seldom crossed her threshold yet he sent gifts by the children garden herbs and fruit the late and early roses from his wall or conies from the down and now and then with some pretext of fineness in the meal to save the offence of charitable flower from his tall mill that whistled on the waste but philip did not fathom annie's mind scarce could the woman when he came upon her out of full heart and boundless gratitude light on a broken word to thank him with but philip was her children's all in all from distant corners of the street they ran to greet his hearty welcome heartily lords of his house and of his mill were they worried his persevere with petty wrongs or pleasures hung upon him played with him and called him father philip philip gained as enoch lost for enoch seemed to them uncertain as a vision or a dream faint as a figure seen in early dawn down at the far end of an avenue going we know not where and so ten years since enoch left his hearth and native land fled forward and no news of enoch came end of section three